Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Well, we're the most fatherless country in the world. And um, like last night, 27 million kids went to bed with no biological father. That's 43% of all our kids. Wow. And so that major issue, and, and the statistics are just off the chart, the impact of what happens in high school and in prisons, and it goes on and on. So the, the goal then is to uh, redeem the time with fathers, but then to equip them provide a a quiver full of solutions to get back into the family, to reconnect. Our guests today on Life Support are proponents of the father in the home, a topic that seems to be under a great deal of opposition in today's society and culture. Chuck Acock and Tim Olson from the organization Dads First are with Pastor Paul for the next two programs. This is Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, so glad you've joined us on Life Support. And what we do here is we tell stories. We want you to find a deeper relationship with Jesus. And many times that comes through suffering and trauma and difficult circumstances. And we talk about things maybe that other podcasts don't get to. And we're excited about that because this is where God lives in these difficult areas of life. I have two great guests uh, with me today. I have Chuck Acock, who is the founder of Dads First. Tim Olson is here, involved with that same organization, who is a business life coach. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being here today. Our privilege. Thank you. It's great to have you. So, Chuck, I'll start with you. And then, Tim, you can feel free to jump in anytime you'd like. Um, fathering is such a understated thing in our culture. Correct. Um, tell me why that is and what ramifications does a father-son relationship have later on in life? Well, I would say that a father-child relationship, that would be both daughter and son. And certainly we live in a world that the goal is to uh, eliminate the nuclear family. And they're taking the desire from media and a social point of view is to take it apart a piece at a time. And part of the major destruction is the destruction of the father as the one in the home. And that whole thing is do we we minimize his influence and therefore we also make him passive. And that passivity leads to the ability to get into the home. As we know from Scripture, that the father is a linchpin. He's the the doorkeeper. And that is a significant piece to the father. And also, as we look at, um, well, we're the most fatherless country in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, like last night, 27 million kids went to bed with no biological father. That's 43% of all our kids. And so that major issue, and and the statistics are just off the chart, the impact of what happens in high school and in prisons, and it goes on and on. So the the goal then is to... uh, redeem the time with fathers, but then to equip them, provide a a quiver full of solutions to get back into the family, to reconnect. And that's one of our goals is to reconnect men with their children. And then men who don't have children to reconnect how they got here in life. And that is the connection with their father. And um, so many men, uh, that's a major issue. They're not willing to look back. They're, and we don't look back to blame. We look back sure. to understand how we got here. That's a major piece to the puzzle. So we're equipping 
And uh, we're excited about doing that. The response has just been in so many different localities, overwhelming. Um, Tim, you um, deal with people as a as a coach, and um, what ties have you been able to put together between um, a person's background with their father and and how life is for them now uh, in that kind of thing? One of the things that uh, I've noticed in working with with uh, men as business owners and as uh, family business owners and so on is that uh, their father, uh, their father, uh, as well as their children, are greatly influencing what's happening in the workplace. And the more we work about work with the the uh, relationship, the more we find out that the business issues take care of themselves. It's quite quite amazing how that works. And uh, we've seen that in the, in social in the um, secular world too. But they usually emphasize uh, family. If you take care of the family relationships, a lot of the business issues take care of themselves. But we focus on um, uh, narrowing that down even farther to the farther to the father relationship and uh, see how significant that that is. But um, when, when the father is working too much. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, drugs or alcohol, we see that he's choosing uh, those things over his own children. And they don't often often see that as the business owner. Uh, they're just in the business. They expect their kids to be able to learn the business without just because they're there, without uh, really even being taught things. Um, but the kids are really are not dummies. They can see that uh, dad is choosing all these things over them. And uh, that's called abandonment. And that really fits in with really the theme of your uh, program. And that abandonment is a feeling of being disconnected, being rejected, uh, it's neediness. And the aftermath of this type of trauma generates a, this, this fear of not only losing connection with the people you love, but being forced to fend for yourself. Um, one of the one of the men I talk about in my book, The Legacy of Absence, is uh, a man who had three failed businesses and two failed marriages. And he came to me saying, hey, I need help. Tell me what to do. I'll do anything you tell me. And uh, in the process, uh, I the first question I asked him was, so tell me about the relationship you had with your father when you were growing up. Well, he was incredulous with that because he thought, well, what in the world does that have to do? And uh, so he thought about it a little bit. And uh, pretty soon he started to cry. And pretty soon there were shoulder shaking heaves as he was thinking about this. Evidently, his relationship with his father when he was growing up did have something to do with it. And the more we talked, uh, things came out like uh, he could never do anything good enough to please his father. And that translated into his work, why his businesses were failing, because the message he heard was that he would never be successful. And one of the final things I remember asking him was, if you could have your father tell you one thing that you've never heard, what would it be? And he thought about it for a while and he said, son, I love you. That's what he wanted to hear, never heard. And it greatly impacted his whole life, business, 
marriage, everything. It seems so simple. But Chuck, you were telling me before we started that um, that relationship is so deeply embedded and and you work on reconciliation and all of these things and, and you deal with um, people in prison yes. a lot. And so do you see a obvious tie-in with what Tim is saying? Without question. In fact, it's interesting. The men in prison have a story, but so many of them don't want to live in the story that got them there. In fact, the story to them is a... Um, a condemnation of how they've lived and their story. They, they don't like the storyline. They don't like the fact that they are the story, and they certainly don't like the outcome. So they're not willing to own their story. When they own their story, there begins to be the po- potential and the possibility for change. Yeah. Um, in, in our own experience, um, when our son was um, murdered in um, British Columbia, we went through the whole legal process and we, we came to find out that this young man who did the shooting was raised by his mother. His dad was absent from the home. Uh, she was a working mother, so he was basically left to fend for himself. Sure. Um, the sad part of it was at the sentencing hearing, his dad did come, but he racked with guilt, mm. racked with oh, regret. Yeah. And so it kind of works both ways, right? You have the son over here who feels disconnected. And then you have maybe a father who's not thriving either. So how do you go about getting those two together? Well, I think, uh, first of all, it's the fact of the reconciliation, both with their Heavenly Father. That's the place to start. But then that's a major issue because, like in prison, they don't trust fathers. And so you want to introduce God the Father, and that's a whole other anathema. But to start there, and then the, the whole idea of the father whose son murdered your son he had a lack of a relationship with his father. And so that's if, if that was going to be unpacked, then that would be one way to go. But to be able to have the son be honest with his father and the father be willing to hear, keyword, his son, and the son can articulate that, as Tim was saying, the abandonment. And the abandonment is one of the only, is that one of the only three fears we're born with. Interesting that God uh, dropped that into our psyche, that that abandonment is such a major issue going forward. It seems like our culture, guys, is, um, you talked about breaking up the nuclear family. I also see this movement to shake our fists at God and do away with gender completely and roles um, and the Bible's so clear on roles, but uh, even to preach that now, you almost have to warn your congregation, like, we're coming to this section now right? because people just freeze up. So, Tim, what do you do with that? How do you, how do you coach someone to, to engage in their role that God has given them, even though it's not culturally popular? Well, one of the things that uh, we need to do is just... Uh, bring the information so that they know uh, when we talk about relationships or about fathers, we, I might uh, describe the certain, the different categories of fathers. And in doing so, it brings words and definitions that people never think about. It's just, dad is just the way he is. But if we can bring some definition to that, then it's, there's some, and in that process, then they can move to now that I understand that we can do this, there is hope, there are solutions. What are they? How do we move into that? And uh, one of the documents I offer as a, as a freebie on my website is the whys, the 
benefits and the ex and the excuses uh, that get in the way of reconciliation, getting back together with that. And so we we present some of those things. So now they have now they have even a deeper understanding um, of, of what those are and even what the excuse is. One of the excuses is um, I have to forgive that man. There's no way. I hate that man so much. And we have to find ways to get beyond that where it, it kind of melts their heart. And one of the ways that uh, I've seen this happen time and again is uh, when the, the, the son or the daughter realizes that their father had the same experience. His father, in other words, the, the son's or daughter's grandfather, was exactly like their father. And so this is a generational thing. And when they realize that their dad had no training, their dad is not doing this on purpose. He's just doing what he learned. Pastor Paul is joined today by Chuck Acock and Tim Olson from the organization Dads First, proponents of putting dads back in the home, a controversial topic in today's society. If you'd like to see the video version of today's program, go to youtube.com slash life support channel and now back to pastor paul now they have now they have even a deeper understanding um of, of what those are and even what the excuse is one of the excuses is um i have to forgive that man there's no way i hate that man so much and we have to find ways to get beyond that where it, it kind of melts their heart. And one of the ways that uh, I've seen this happen time and again is uh, when the, the, the son or the daughter realizes that their father had the same experience. His father, in other words, the, the son's or daughter's grandfather, was exactly like their father. And so this is a generational thing. And when they realize that their dad had no training, their dad is not doing this on purpose. He's just doing what he learned. I've seen that understanding melt their hearts to say, oh, wow, I guess I can forgive my dad. So um, uh, there are a whole list of uh, excuses like that uh, that can get in the way. And, but it's never too late. And uh, even, if, even if dad is, has died, it's still not too late to move through the processes of reconciliation. We say reconciliation takes two people. Well, uh, it is two people, even if he's died, has died, because we're talking to him. We can we can go to his gravesite and talk to him. Uh, we can think through the process. Uh, reconciliation involves forgiveness, and the main thing about both of those words is that it's primarily for us. It includes our dad, but it's primarily for us. And uh, so, so that is kind of the one side of it. And uh, we have to deal with that side of it first. In fact, I have a whole series of, of exercises for a person to work through to help them understand who they are in this process, not just who dad is, and then how they are just like their dad or different than their dad and, and all of those sorts of things. And so um, this is a process. Now, I've seen reconciliation take five minutes on a telephone call. However, I've also seen it take years to develop. And one of the main reasons it takes years is because of having to come to that place, that, that excruciating place 
of of uh, giving up our others, Dad, I forgive you. Uh, coming to the place of saying that uh, he may not deserve it, but that's beside the point. I deserve it. I need to say it. And uh, if Dad uh, accepts that and agrees to it, great. Then we're both ahead on the game. But I at least need to to start with myself in that process. Well, it sure does. And um, which one of us isn't catching themselves at times saying the same thing my dad said? <laughs> you know, I'll say something to my boys and I'll go, oh, I, I promised myself I would never say that. Oh, yeah. Or do that. But, Chuck, what you're you're saying, too, is you have a lot of people walking around who have holes in their heart based on this lack of relationship in their Correct. lives. Correct. Hitchhiking on what Tim said about forgiveness, uh, Scripture is very clear, unless you're willing to forgive here, your Heavenly Father, that whole issue. And when you begin to realize all of what God has forgiven you, and all God is asking is that you forgive your dad. And you can't control his response, but you can control yours. So that's the whole idea, and it's about you. And we we say to men again and again, uh, we need to, to reconnect with your dad in this forgiveness piece, he, whether he's uh, alive, absent, dead, or otherwise. And the otherwise is drugs and alcohol, as well as work, have stolen your relationship with your father, and we need to reestablish that regardless of whether you're 16 or 60. And those issues, like for me, I had the best day with my father when he was only 81, and I had walked through forgiveness with him for years, and the simple thing of I love you was a major issue. On the phone, I would say, Dad, I love you, and it would say, okay, click. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad, I would I love you. Okay, bye. So I think I may have gotten him on one occasion to say on his own, I love you. But that's a major piece. And interesting, one of the things Tim and I both do, we work a lot on research, and we now can measure the impact of a father saying to his child, daughter or son, I love you. There is identifiable issues when that says by the father. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's really a blessing, isn't it? Just to, to, to say to your kids, I love you. I believe in you. You you know, you have my support goes a long way, doesn't it? Oh, big time, especially when they criticize everything you do and you're not good enough. I deal with and have dealt with um, men and women who are very successful in the business world, but they're still looking to prove their worth and their value to their father. And they'll go to any extreme in order to guard that. Yeah, that's really interesting. And when you look at it biblically, Tim, uh, there is no excuse you can't say, I am going to hold on to this bitterness. I'm going to not try this. I'm, I'm, we're beyond this. Uh, scripture is so clear on this issue, and it's so hard. But Jesus is our example. He's the one that Jesus showed us how to do this. So we don't have any excuses, do we? Well, we really don't, although we can offer them. <laughs> we- yeah. We yeah. definitely try. <laughs> and we do. And we uh, prolific at that. Yeah, we're very good at that. Right. One of the one of the excuses is I can't do it yet. And and that's legitimate. We need to work through uh whenever we've had uh, somebody offend us, whether it's our father or anybody else, we need time to adjust to that and to deal with it, to come to that point of being able to say, I I forgive you. Um and and so I will say to people. Uh, when they say that, I can't, I just, not ready. That's okay. Uh, but don't just end there. 
And that's what we tend to do. I'm not ready. And so we don't deal with it. And pretty soon we've completely forgotten about it. And uh, we need to, we need to keep moving in that direction. And uh, uh, one of the benefits is uh, that uh, it gives it how we deal with um, forgiveness and, and um, forgiving our father determines our ability to be good fathers or mothers to our own children. And that's another compelling thing. And uh, many of the people I deal with have their own children. When they realize that that this inability to learn, they're a little bit more motivated again to move in this direction and uh, to avoid uh, uh, the excuses. So you're not only um, reconciling for yourself, you're reconciling for your family, for your kids, because what you guys are saying is this is a, a trickle-down effect. Well, absolutely. It's going to stay there if you don't deal with it. Well, and we got to remember that <clears throat> the same thing that affects men affects daughters. And that's a major piece. And it's interesting that the emotional side for the, for the daughters to the f- father is significant. And when that, is avo- when that has been not communicated and the verbalization is a major thing for women, and it's so interesting that we find again and again, and Tim has as well, is that we tend to marry a person who has as poor a filling of their cup as we do. And so many times we marry them because our cup is empty and we want them to help fill it. Well, we know from our experience that ain't going to change, and the women marry to fix us, right? That's right. My wife has been trying to fix me for a long time. She hasn't gotten very far. <laughs> uh, only the Holy Spirit can fix me. Um, okay, we have about two minutes, so I'm going to ask both of you the same question. First, Tim, uh, a, a father might be listening right now saying, oh, man, I've screwed this up. What encouragement would you give a man right now who knows he wasn't the perfect father uh, he knows he didn't do everything right. What encouragement would you give him? The main thing uh, is it's never too late. And you can make a difference. You can make a change. You can't change the the um, uh, the physical characteristics, how tall you are or how your skin or whatever. You can you can change all of the the emotional, the spiritual, the psychological aspects of, of who you are and your influence on your, your kids and your relationship with your father. Never too late. What would you say, Chuck? Confess your sin to your Heavenly Father and then begin by faith to live in that. So then I can walk in that same, that same freedom, and that allows me the freedom to go to my father without expecting anything from him. That's the key word. It's about you. It's about him, but you can't control him. So the, you only work with what you can control. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, Tim, how can we get a hold of your material? My website is timolsonauthor.com. And Olson is S-O-N, not E-N. So timolsonauthor.com. Okay, good. And Chuck, how about about you? Uh, Dadsfirst.org. And uh, there's the whole layout of the organization as well as what we offer. And that would be the place to start. Very good. Guys, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Our privilege. You have a lot to offer, and it's a really, really important topic, so I appreciate your time. 
You know, the, the Bible says in Psalm 55, 22, that if we are carrying these kinds of burdens around with us, we can cast them on the Lord. Psalm 55, 22 tells us, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And so many of us are carrying hurts from the past. We're carrying around pain that's even happening right now in our lives. And sometimes that does have to do with our relationships. Many times it does in our families. But you don't have to carry that alone. Jesus said, I am the one who can carry these things for you. And so maybe one thing that you can take from our time together today is a moment after we're finished and just pray and ask God to show you the things that you're trying to carry on your own that he wants to take from you and show you a better way. And the Holy Spirit is good at that. And God cares enough about you to do that. Hey, this is what we talk about on Life Support. Some of these topics are are so interesting, but our goal is to give glory to Jesus Christ because he is the king. And I want to thank our partners, Faith Radio. You can find out more about them at myfaithradio.com. You can find out more about Five Stone Media where you can find a video portion of this podcast at fivestonemedia.com. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church as well at myrwc.org. Thanks so much for listening to Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. The video version is available at youtube.com slash channel. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support